Hello， 这边平安。Peace be to you, dear brothers and sisters. 能够怎么样？首先，上帝启明这个系列的信息。Once more, let's look at our series, God's Vessel. 今日讲《但以理书》第五章。Today, let's look at Daniel chapter five. 上帝掌头啊，傲慢的灭亡。The fingers of God pride's downfall. 你睇下《但以理书》第四及第五章是两个王的故事的比较。We know that Daniel chapter four and chapter five talks about the comparison of the lives of two kings. 第四就是尼布加布山王的谦卑。Chapter four talks about the humbling of King Nebuchadnezzar. 因为悔改，上帝将恩典临到耶稣。Because he repented, that's why God's blessing came upon him. 第五章是巴沙沙王的骄傲。Chapter five talks about the arrogance of King Belshazzar. He was because of his arrogance, he perished. Matthew chapter twenty-three verse twelve gave us a very good explanation. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. This Belshazzar King Nebuchadnezzar humbled himself. Ah,、uh, humbled himself. That's why God exalted him. 相反呢，这个这个尼布加沙沙王因为自卑，佮成罪过。And because King、uh, Belshazzar was arrogant, that's why God had to humble him, and he perished. So, 叫做帮助人。May the Lord help us. 那你上帝头前就好谦卑。That's why we need to be humble before the Lord. 上帝为是安定的天，永远未改变。Once God's word has been declared, it will be established in heaven and on earth. It will never change. 过去真系真是安尼，现在都是安尼。Just like it was like that thousands of years ago, it's going to be the same today. 所以，咱需要好扎根在上帝话语里面。That's why we need to be rooted in God's word. 嗱，我真简单，好你就一即系第五章，即系即系经文嚟结构，即系 structure. I would like to give you a simple overview of the structure of chapter five. 这就先嘅，最尾咗三部分。We can divide it into three parts. 头十二。The first twelve verses talks about God's fingers writing on the wall. While verses thirteen to twenty-eight, it's the explanation of what God wrote there on the wall. And from verses twenty-nine to thirty-one, the outcome of God's writing on the wall. Let's look at the first part. God's fingers writing on the wall. Chapter five, verses one to four, talks about the background of that time. Look at verse one. King Belshazzar gave a great banquet for a thousand of his nobles and drank wine with them. King Belshazzar should be the grand grandchild or grandson of King、uh, Nebuchadnezzar. During that time, King Nebuchadnezzar was already, was already has already passed away. This Belshazzar was a great banquet. King Nebuchadnezzar threw a great party, a great banquet for a thousand of his nobles. They were dancing. They were drinking wine. This Belshazzar was a During that time, he did something that was very foolish. He gave a high-level command to bring the Babylonian king to Jerusalem to take the kingdom from him. And he he made a, he ordered the people to take out all the gold and all the vessels that King Nebuchadnezzar got 
from the temple of Jerusalem. Then what, what are they supposed to do with it? And they use it as the, the vessels or the cups for them to drink wine with. And they use it to drink wine, to dance, and to worship their idols. I don't know if you find this to be strange. Why did the king want to do that? During that time, they, they had a war with Mesopotamia. Uh, the Middle Persian uh, uh, king was uh, near, rather, uh, the, the armies were near the city. Because of that, why is it that King um, Belshazzar would throw a great banquet? And why did he wanted to use the vessels from that the, that this grandfather got from the uh, Jerusalem temple to drink wine with? To drink wine and to worship their idols. We don't know why he did it. You have to understand that Middle East uh, uh, culture during that time. During that time, they have their own gods who protected them. If you have a victory on a battle, not only does it mean that you have a great army, but it also means that the, the, the God that you worship is a powerful God. Now you know why King Nebuchadnezzar wanted to take vessels from the, the temple in Jerusalem to put it into his uh, treasury. Because he wanted the whole nation to know our God triumphed over the king of uh, the God of Jerusalem. And during that time, King Belshazzar wanted to convey a special message that the, the gods of Babylon is the greatest God, the most powerful God. Just like how we defeated the God of uh, Jerusalem during that time. That's why we want to take their vessels and drink from it. He wanted to give the people of Babylon a message. We don't have to fear. We will win over the Medo-Persian uh, uh, Empire. This was the background during the first four verses. In, in chapter 5 to uh, verses 5 to 22 uh, 12 suddenly there was a finger that was writing there on the wall look at verses 5 to 7 Suddenly, the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall near the lampstand in the royal palace. The king watched the hand as it wrote. His face turned pale and he was so frightened that his legs became weak and his knees were knocking. 
，多谢欢呼讲，叫用法术咧，甲加利底人并关掉诶龙族入来，对巴比伦咧结束安尼讲。So the king summoned the enchanters, astrologers, and diviners. Then he said to these wise men of Babylon. 伊讲上一路当读这个文字，将这个解释给我知呀。这个那边个些新旧旗袍，暗军多金链，在我国中位列第三。Whoever reads this writing and tells me and tells me what it means will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around his neck. He will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. 所以当王搞夜布林饮酒跳舞。So in the midst of their festivities, drinking, dancing, and worshiping their idols, suddenly there was a finger of a human hand that was writing there on the wall. The Bible said that he turned pale. What, we don't know what kind of what color did he change to. Probably green or white. Then he suddenly trembled. So he had a command. So he made a decree. He called. He summoned all the astrologers, all the wise men. Who can uh, tell me the meaning of what was written? He will be given uh, a cloth of. Uh, he will be cloth in purple, a, a gold chain. He will be a ruler of the kingdom. He will become the third ruler of the kingdom. You know why third? He was the great king, the great, the grandest king. So he is not number, number one, he is number two. He is not the, he is not number one, but he is number two. So your, this, 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 His dream, a kingdom, because there's this dream of a great statue. He called this statue. He called all the wise men. None of them could interpret the dream. But we can say that because the king couldn't even remember his own dream. So how can people explain the dream? Maybe this is reasonable. But on the second time, it's the dream of the great tree. The king already revealed his dream. But none of them could give an interpretation. This was the third time. They, call, uh, they summoned all the wise men. Who can explain what was written on the wall? Nobody could. So we can say, We can say that the wise men of Babylon were useless. Why? Because Daniel already explained. Look at verse 23. You praise the gods of silver, gold, and gold, and of bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which cannot see or hear or understand. 
But you did not honor the God who holds in His hand your life and and all your ways. Of course, these were words of rebuke that Daniel gave to the king. That there's a very important truth there. The gods that you worship, they have eyes but they cannot see. They have ears but they cannot hear. They are gods of silver, gold, bronze, iron, wood, and stone, but they have no understanding. These were the gods that King Belshazzar worshipped. These were the same gods that the wise men of Babylon worshipped. They have no power nor resources to explain the mysteries of God. Only those, um, the, only God can explain the mysteries. So may the Lord help us. If among you, you, some of you may not even recognize or know yet this God, Today you have to make a very important choice. Would you like to, it's not for you to change your beliefs. But for you to make a choice to, to know the true God. Since you want to, uh, to believe in God, make a, uh, make a definite choice. Worship a God that has eyes and can see, that can hear, that God that has uh, might and that can understand. Because none of the wise men of Babylon could, could explain. Suddenly the grandmother came out. And he said to uh, King Belshazzar, in your kingdom there's a person. He has a spirit of God in him. And he can explain this to you. If you are to look at Daniel chapter 5, three, three times the same thing was mentioned. Daniel has a spirit of God in him. So God, uh, Daniel is a, is a very uh, spiritual person. He has a good testimony. When people are together with him, they, they can feel the presence of God in him. Sometimes when we were talking, uh, when my wife and I were talking in our home, we were talking about the affairs and people of the church. You know, it's unavoidable that we will have conflicts between uh, person to person. It's hard for us to say who's right and who's wrong. But I often would add one thing. I believe this person will not do such a thing. Because I, I see uh, that this person has spirit, uh, a vibrant spiritual life. That person has a spiritual life. I've been serving God for all these years. I have some experiences. I can tell if a person has a spiritual life or not. Sometimes when I work here in church, 
Sometimes because of the differences in opinions. Sometimes I would have difference in opinions with my other leaders. And we would have conflict. But I often have this standard within me. I will. I can easily tell if a person has spiritual life or not by the way they resolve this conflict. Even though that person has a difference in opinion with me, but I know this person has a spiritual life, and that he has a heart for God. So many times I would step back. May the Lord help us. That we will be a person that truly seeks God that has a spiritual life. This is the meaning of the 12 verses. Suddenly there was a finger that appeared that was writing on the wall. So look at, let's look at the second part. That can be found in verses 13 this is the explanation of what was written there on the wall. There are 16 verses in this passage. We can divide it into two parts. From verses 13 to 24, Daniel rebuked King Belshazzar. In verses 25 to 28, Daniel explained to Belshazzar the meaning of the word. So once, once you read, you know. There are 12 verses of rebuke. There are only four verses of explanation. And, and you know, the emphasis of Daniel here was not to explain but to rebuke. Of course, it was God who directed him to rebuke. But Daniel was really brave. That he dared to step before the king and rebuke the king. It's not easy. How, how many of us can stand before uh, the presence of our president and rebuke him personally? Daniel was very brave. During that time, Daniel was about 60 plus years old. He was no longer afraid. That he came before the king, he rebuked the king. What did he rebuke him for? In this 12 verses, there were three things that he rebuked the king. The first, that the king did not learn lessons from history. From verses 18 to 21, he was telling him the story of King Nebuchadnezzar. This was, this was their history. About the dream of this big tree. Chapter 5 verses 20 to 21.: Here Daniel was talking about kingdom Nebuchadnezzar, and he said, "But when his heart became arrogant and he and hardened with pride, he was deposed from his royal throne and stripped of his glory." He 
He was driven away from people and given the mind of an animal. He lived with the wild donkeys and ate grass like the ox, and his body was drenched with the dew of heaven until he acknowledged that the Most High God is sovereign over all the kingdoms on earth and set and sets over them anyone he wishes. This was the story of King Nebuchadnezzar. This was his story, God's story. But look at verse 22. King, uh, King Belshazzar was rebuked by Daniel. But you, Belshazzar, his son, have not humbled yourself, though you knew all these. It's not like you don't know, you know all this. But you are you have hardened your heart. You have not learned the lessons that God has left for you to learn in history. You are self-reliant and you are unrepentant. There is nothing new, truly new under the sun. We keep repeating our own mistakes. This is all because of our pride. We have seen time and again church being split up and divided. One a time and again. It's like nobody learned any lessons. A lot of pastors, because of adultery, because of uh, because of uh, greed, time and again they have fallen. And this has happened throughout church history. It seems like we have not learned the lessons of from our history. Why is it so? Because of our pride. Because we believe and we looked at ourselves as somebody who's truly strong. But time and again we fall. May the Lord help us. That we will truly humble ourselves and learn from history. This was the first thing that he rebuked. King Belshazzar. He rebuked the king because he did not fear God. Look at verse 23. Instead, you have set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. Yet, you had the goblets from his temple brought to you. You and your nobles, your wife and your concubines drank wine from them. He rebuked the king this second thing. You dare use the goblets from his temple to drink wine with. And you say, Pastor, what's wrong with this? Were, were these cups used for drinking wine? We need to understand this very important concept of being set apart for holiness. When something is set aside as holy for the Lord, this item is only dedicated for the use of the Lord and not for any casual use. For example, 
for、um, every first Sunday we have、uh, the communion. This communion, the cup that we use for the communion, the, the cup and the bread, is only for use、uh, to use for God and not for anybody else. For example, for example, Or maybe, for example, we have a man fellowship, or we have another fellowship that's big. We have a big event, and we have invited so many people. And we have prepared lots of food. We don't have enough plates to use. Pastor, you will say, Pastor, don't we have twenty-four plates that are really good? Let's bring it out and use it. And I will say we cannot use that because these plates were set aside for the community. And you say, Pastor, we only use it once a month. It's such a waste. Let's bring it out and use it. Let me tell you. If you use it. If you use it for other purposes, purposes, then you are not revering God. Because these things belong to God and not for us. Any time we dedicate something to the Lord, it's for the Lord to use. We cannot use it for any casual means or methods. This is called revering God. Sometimes we become too casual on things. If it not, if it were not for God's blessing, I don't know how many of us would have perished. The The king,、uh, King Belshazzar, was rebuked by、uh, by Daniel because he did not fear God. And he, he dared use the goblets for God from God's kingdom,、uh, God's temple, to be used for their own drinking. Third, Daniel rebuked Belshazzar because he worshipped idols. Verse twenty-three. You praise the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which cannot see or hear or understand. But you did not honor the God who holds in His hand your life and all your ways. He did not.、Uh, King Belshazzar's arrogance was because he did not、uh, place God in his proper place and worship God as God. Instead, he worshipped idols. He worshipped all these inanimate gods who have, who have eyes but they cannot see, who have ears but they cannot hear. They did not give glory. To the、uh, to the God who truly deserves glory, the R one true God. I'm sorry. I don't know about you. You know, even when King Bai Lang Chiu Lang Shuo Chong is Yuxiang, he he is sin. But if you continue to worship gods or idols that were created by men, today you have to leave all these behind. You should worship King Bai Tong Yi the Shuang Di, the Creator of the Shuang Di. Instead, you have to worship the true God, the God who created you. I think my God, Zhuangge, all the Bai. During、um, in my past, we are I came from a family of Buddhists. 
But I thank the Lord. God's grace came upon me and my family. That one by one we came to know the Lord and worship the true God. No longer do we worship gods or idols made by human hands. And he said, Pastor, I'm already a Christian. I no longer have idols in my house. We don't worship idols anymore. What are idols? Anything, whether it's a person or or something or or anything that that uh that that takes the place of God in for your affection, that's your idol. Other people use their uh, silver and gold to be their god. Because God, uh, this, this silver and gold became their god. So Probably it's the dollars that you have in your home. Your stocks. Your diamonds. Your gold. May the Lord help us that we need to humble ourselves that we can truly worship the one true God. After he explained what was written there, after he rebuked, after he rebuked and he started explaining from verses 25 to 28, it's the explanation of what was written there on the wall. What was written there was many, many tackle parson. Here's what these words mean. Many, God has numbered days of your reign and brought it to an end. Tackle, you have been weighted on the scales and found wanting. Paris is meaning uh, means your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. What does this mean? During that time, many was the unit of currency. Just, just like uh, our 100 pesos, tw- uh, 200 pesos, 500, 1,000 pesos here. The word many was mentioned twice. That's why that means it's like God counting it twice. How did Daniel explain this? God has already counted your kingdom and your reign and it's about to end. Tekel was a unit of weight during those days. Just like how we measure our weight from pounds, kilograms today. And, and you have been placed on the scale and you have been found one thing. You have not met the standard of weight. How did Daniel explain this? God has exposed you for your shortcomings. Paris is synonymous with parson. Means, Paris means one half. 
但伊哩就解释啊。How did Daniel explain this？ 伊讲上帝要将你嗰个分号马大郎个波数郎一郎一波啊。God will、uh, divide your kingdom and half of it will go to the Medes and half of it will go to the Persians。所以拢综合起来哦。So when you combine everything， 就是讲上帝已经生效你嗰个日子，上帝将你帮你天平嘅里面显出你嘅亏欠，上帝将你国。God has numbered the days of your kingdom. God has put you on the scale, and you have been found wanting. God will give your kingdoms to the Medes and the Persians. And after that, he did not speak anymore. So it's clear here that he wasn't really after giving the explanation, but more of giving the rebuke. Lastly, the results or the outcomes of what was written there. On the wall, from verses twenty-nine to thirty-one. Then at Belshazzar's command, Daniel was clothed in purple. A gold chain was placed around his neck, and he was proclaimed the third highest ruler in the kingdom. But, That very night, Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Babylonians was slain, and Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at the age of sixty-two. After Daniel explained, we don't know how King Belshazzar、uh, reacted. Was he very angry? Or was he frightened? Or did he repent? The Bible wasn't. Was silent about this. But on verse twenty-nine, verse twenty-nine, it's like he wasn't really that angry. It's like he wasn't really that angry. It's like he wasn't really that angry. He wasn't really that afraid. But he really respected Daniel. He really respected Daniel. He respected Daniel. He really respected Daniel. He really respected Daniel. He really respected Daniel. He really Daniel. He really respected Daniel. He really respected Daniel. But this not the emphasis here. Because the emphasis here was that night he was slain. So the the act there before that is meaningless. But I believe. But during that time, those who were present there at the banquet, none of them knew the the swiftness of the of of what will happen. That very light, he lam to happen. It happened that very evening. He lam baksa sa to to see lo. On that very night, Belshazzar was slain. Cha te chila no ne le liak tao ki hui la la. It's a reminder for us to grab hold of our opportunity. Nai hui kai to gua kin hui kai la. We want to repent. Let's do so immediately. Si kai mo te nai le chiu de ong kai. Because time is not in our hands. Nai mo zai shen shun nai si kai. We don't know when our time will be up. Then who is going to give us more? And the opportunity to repent might not even be there anymore. The Bible in in Second Corinthians chapter six verse two said, "He said, 'The Yahweh's Spirit has given me revelation. The Spirit's Spirit has given me revelation. Behold, now, 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 now.'" For he says, "In the time of my favor, I heard you. In the day of salvation, I I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation."
Now is this opportunity. You need to grab hold of this present opportunity. That if you need to repent, repent. If you need to confess, confess. If you need to serve, serve. Don't lose that opportunity nor time. Because we don't, we might not even have time for regrets. As, as we conclude, let's look at several pictures there in the Bible. Because in the Bible, the finger of God appeared several times. Every time there was a picture. You know when the first first time can be found in Psalms chapter 8, 8 verse 3. This was the Psalm of David. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, which you have set in place. Just like this picture. You can see the moon and the stars. It's like showing us that God uses fingers, his hands to create all things. Just like a little child. That we use our fingers to draw and to paint. We paint, a, uh, we draw a sun, we draw the moon, we draw the stars. But what's this? Different here. That God's finger is filled with power. Whatever God's finger touch, things will come out. God is a God who created something from nothing. We can see from God's fingers his power. The second finger, time the finger of God appeared can be found in Exodus 31, verse 18. When the Lord finished speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave him two tablets, the two tablets of the covenant law and the tablets of stone, inscribed by the finger of God. Look at this picture. These Ten Commandments were written by God's hand. Not only did God's hand create the heavens and earth, He also used His fingers to give us, to give us His laws. In the Old Testament, it's called Commandments. Right now, it's called the Law of God. The truth of God. The, uh, the word of God re uh, will reveal His glory, His righteousness rather, and His standard. The third, where's the third time it, uh, the finger of God appeared? In John chapter 8 verse 6. They were using this question as a trap in order to have the basis, a basis of accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. Look at this picture. 
God, uh, Christ was the uh, God who became flesh. One time he bent down to the to the ground and started writing with his fingers. What was he writing? A lot of people were trying to guess. But nobody know what he actually wrote. Because it was not recorded in the Bible. But you have to remember the background. During that time, uh, uh, an adulterous woman was brought before Jesus. And they asked Jesus one question. Should we stone this person to death or not? God, uh, Christ remained silent. Instead, he bent down and he started writing on the, on the ground. We, I really don't know what he, what he wrote there. But one thing I knew. This is God's mercy and blessing. Because Jesus refused to judge this woman. And later, one by one, of those who accused her departed. And Jesus asked this woman one question. Nobody judged you? No. And he said, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. We are very familiar with John 3.16. For God so loved the world. Do you know what verse 17 tells us? What did the Bible say? John 3.17. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. So I believe what, what uh, Christ was writing there on the, on the ground was God's blessing. The fingers of God are the fingers that created the heavens and the earth. This is the power of God. The fingers of God are the fingers that gave us the law. This is the righteousness of God. The fingers of God are the fingers of salvation. This is His grace. Dear brothers and sisters, dear friends, I don't know what you need right now. I don't know if you need the power of God, the righteousness of God, or the grace of God. You only need to open your heart. God can give you His power, His righteousness, and His grace. May the Lord bless us. Today, this message of God's finger teaches us not only to be humble before God, but also for us to seek His power, His righteousness, and His grace. May the Lord bless you. Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord God, as we come before you, we thank you so much for your reminder. Thank you, Lord, for this message. Lord, of your fingers, we know that your finger has power. Your finger has righteousness. And from your finger, we receive your grace, Lord. Help us to humble ourselves and to take away all the idols in our lives, Lord. We know that we have filled our lives with so many false gods, but we need to abandon all these to worship the one true God, the creator of heaven and earth, the Lord and ruler of our lives, Lord. Help us to humble ourselves and accept your power, your righteousness, 
and your grace in our lives. Because Lord, all of us need you. All of us need you in our lives. May you watch over us and help us to walk closely with you as we grow with you. This is our prayer in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Next Next week, let's look at Daniel chapter 6 about the story of Daniel, the man who entered yet emerged from the lion's den. Let's meet again next week. God bless. God bless.